0: I just want to welcome Zach Moon, Um, he's going to be our guest speaker for tonight, Uh, so if you guys could all just please give a warm welcome to him. Sweet. Uh, yeah, if you don't know me, my name is Zach. Uh, I've been coming to Young Adults for maybe a little bit over a year now. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Crispy asked me like last week just to preach. And uh, I didn't think there's no way I'd be able to get a message out in a week. Um, but I was just praying with God. And uh, yeah, he's been speaking to my heart, searching my heart, um, just revealing to me some hurtful ways that were inside of my heart. And he was just kind of speaking to that and, and just offering me that that way out and some encouragement. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, if anything, just reminding us of all the, just the truths of God and, and how great he is. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, I'll just start with um, God was bringing me back this week of just the state where I was at uh, before I met Christ. Um, I had this void, this emptiness inside of me throughout through high school and I was trying to fill that void. I had this need for um, just validating myself, um, just finding worth in this world. And I searched just about everything. Um, I, tried buying, I tried being that person that was you know, always there for, for people and trying to be that, that nice guy um, and finding out that didn't fill me. Um, so then I tried going to like my performance and, and basketball and, and school and, and, and work and just thinking if I could be the best and do this the best, then maybe that would fill me, and that didn't fill me. <laughs> and gone to the next thing, I'm trying to fill that with relationships, uh, maybe a girlfriend or just um, close friends, trying to have them take that place of emptiness that's inside of me. And uh, after that didn't fill me, I started getting into some more darker things. I was uh, like abusing substances and uh, just, you know, struggling with addiction and, and pornography and uh, just lust and sex. And I'll be honest. Um, yeah, just trying to find things that would fill that void that was inside of me. Um, and at, at some point, I reached this utter point of hopelessness, basically. Because I, feel, I felt like I had searched everything. I had tried everything. And none of that filled me. I still had this emptiness inside of me. And there was nothing that I could place my hope in. And, uh, you know, thanks be to God that I ended up making that decision to put my life in his hands. And uh, I had no idea exactly what I was getting myself into, but um, his love for me gave me just enough hope to get through those first stages. And here I am today. Um, But probably this past month, God's been, I guess, convicting me of this emptiness that I still have inside of me. And it's crazy because I've been, I've been following him for, for three years. And I feel like I'm doing all these things for him and I still have this emptiness. And I read, we, we listen, we sing all these worship songs and how great God is and how great his love for us and how he's so powerful and he's still moving and he is still moving today. But I feel like I've reached a point in my Christian walk to where I'm just like, you know, am I really Christian? Like, uh, am I really living out in the power of God? Because I was at a point where I'm just like, it's just, it's all works. It's just, it's me doing all of this, you know? And uh, so I remember just probably a few weeks ago, um, I'm driving home from work and I'm just angry. I'm just angry. Uh, it's crazy because God's been doing just amazing things at, at my job. And people have been asking questions about him and um, wanting to check him out and coming to church. He's just doing awesome things. Um, but I, I had this, this feeling of emptiness still. After all of that, and I'm yelling at God, like, I'm doing all these things for you. Why do I still feel so empty? Why am I so angry? Why do I feel so alone? And I, I felt him just kind of whisper to me, like, I'm your friend. He just said, I'm your friend. And, and, and I just, it's a sense of peace just came over me. And I didn't have all the answers at that point. But just his love for me and that it gave me a little bit of hope um, just to keep going. Um, and God showed me this verse, um, see, in Galatians uh, chapter 3, um, and it really described, I guess, exactly where I was at. And I think a lot of us are maybe in the same state. Maybe us have been previously in the state, or maybe some of us might be in the state in the future. Um, but Paul is, is asking this rhetorical question to the, the church of Galatia. And he says, uh, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? You know, that just hit me. You know, I remember just feeling God's presence and, and his power just at the beginning of, of deciding to give my life to him. And I feel like I've reached a point in my life where I'm just, I'm trying to finish this race that God's calling each and every one of us to by my own strength and my own with my own works. And and we all know salvation is through grace, through by grace through faith, not by works. And so Paul's basically like if we're saved by God's grace and by believing that he sent his son to pay that price to get us into heaven, then why are we trying to finish the rest of our race with works? If we weren't saved by our works, why are we trying to finish our race with works. And I think a lot of us are maybe, might be in that state where we're just going through the motions and, and trying to finish this race, which is hard in our own strength. And that's where I was at. I was just so empty and, and drained where I needed, I needed God. And uh, you know, Paul, uh, a couple of chapters later, same, same book, I'd encourage you maybe after reading the book of Galatians, the same book in chapter five, um, verses 25 and 26. Uh, let's see, yeah. He says, uh, if we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And kinda what I've come to know is that when we begin to rely on our works, we either fall into excessive pride or just crippling shame. Because there's no hope that comes from our own works. Our hope is only in God alone. And when we begin to hope in our own works, we become prideful in our works. We become, we all know that know-it-all who has an answer for everything about everything. We become that person. We become just obsessed with our own works. Or we're on the other side where we're just, just so caught up in guilt and shame because we can't measure up to who, we're trying to be or who God wants us to be. We can't measure up because we're trying to rely on our own works. Our hope is coming on our performance, whether we can do this or do that. And that's never going to work. Um, and so to, to kind of analyze this, um, I want to give two examples of two different people in the Bible who demonstrated uh, a life of works and being defined by works. Versus living a life of the works of God, dominated by the works of God and being defined as his child and not by what we do. Um, yeah, and the first example is um, the elder son from the story of the prodigal son. I'm sure we've all heard the story of, of the prodigal son. Um, and what's interesting is, is Jesus was actually telling this story to the Pharisees. So this story was actually meant for those religious leaders in the church. But we've come to just love the story of the prodigal son, which I love too. I was once that prodigal. But there's also another son, an older son of this prodigal in the story. Um, And I think we can learn a lot from where his identity was at and where his performance was at. Um, And just to read that, it's in uh, Luke chapter 15, kind of like verses through uh, 28 through like 32. Um, So Jesus is telling this parable and he says, uh, cool, Uh, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father is, is rejoicing, he's celebrating, he's throwing this party for the prodigal son that returned and his older son is angry. And in verse 29, he answered his father because his father was pleading with him, come join in the celebration. And he answered his father and said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. And that literally described my state a few weeks ago. I'm yelling at God, I'm angry at God, saying I'm, you know, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so empty? And then the father's response is just, is awesome. It's in uh, verse 31. Um, And the father says, my son, You are always with me and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. So the problem was that the elder son was not close to his father's heart. He had no idea what his father had in store for him. His father had everything to give to him, but because he was living in his works and his performance and away from his father's heart, he had no idea he had access to this amazing life. And Jesus says he came to give us life and life to the fullest. Not just a little bit just to get by, but he says to give us great life. And I think the stigma of the Christian church is we look at the Christian church and it's like these people are just like us. What power are they living in? They don't look happy. They look just as sad and and angry and and mad about gas prices going up just as as much as I am. you know. And I think we have, have a lot to learn just about this, this story. And, um, the next example of a different person is Paul who, uh, demonstrated life dominated by the works of God, but he was defined as a child of God. Not many people did a lot more for the Christian church than Paul but that's not where his identity was. His identity was never in building all of these, these churches and, and starting and, and, and preaching the gospel to, to all the world. Um, and just two verses I want to pour out, point out is uh, and first in uh, Acts uh, 20, verse 24, um, where Paul is talking about this calling that God has for him. Um, and he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race. And complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So it's clear that Paul understands his life is an offering for God. His life is going to be constant service for God. So he doesn't have that part mixed up. He understands and, and we should also understand that God has created us new in Jesus Christ for good works. That he planned for each and every one of us right here. Our life is going to be living out in the good works of God, but that's not where our identity is. And we see in uh, Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 8, and this kind of shows really where Paul's heart was at in the middle of everything that God has called him to. And he says, uh, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And what's crazy is that when Paul's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, he's actually in prison. He's not going out, starting all these churches, putting on all these sermons, doing all these things for God. He's in prison doing nothing. But he's still able to say, all of that doesn't matter if I don't have Christ. If I don't know Christ, that doesn't matter. And that's just crazy. He had that maturity and that relationship to be able to say, even in prison, not doing anything, that still to know Christ is above all. Um, So I guess now you reach this this crossroads of like, okay, I've been relying on my works. Um, How do I get back to living out as a child of God? And, and this hit me because uh, when, I, when God searched my heart and he revealed this hurtful thing inside of me, the way that I was living, my first reaction was like, okay, I need, to, I need to do this. I need to cut this out of my life. I need to start doing this and this and this. I just started brainstorming of everything I could do to get back to where I need to be. And what God is just kind of telling me is that, you know, I've already been living a life of works, of trying to figure out this, this, these steps and to try to get back into his love and to try to live out. I've already been doing that. I've already been brainstorming and trying to do all these things. So he kind of just told me, just, just wait, just be still. And he'll get me back to where it's God that created that, that started this work in us. And he's the one that's going to complete it. Um, going on to the, the, this next verse, um, it's in, uh, Galatians chapter four. Uh, verses six through seven. And uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, Paul says, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I don't know, when I look back at my prayer life, I don't really remember the last time where I felt my heart just crying out to my Father. I, I just look back, and I've been just on the scene so much, not spending this, this quiet time and listening to the Father's heart. And uh, it's honestly just sad, because that's, What God desires for us is to be in his presence and so close to his heart. So much that he sent his son to die so that now we receive his spirit and now we get to call out to the God of the universe as him being our father. Just a little more to to touch on this. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3, And through five, Paul talks about more of this role of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does a lot of things, um, but this really stuck out to me. Uh, He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. The Christian life is not one without suffering and trials and tribulation. It often accompanies trials and tribulation. What Paul is saying here is that God's Holy Spirit is here with us to help us, to remind us of God's love. In fact, this emptiness that we have, God fills us with his love. He pours out into our hearts his love through his Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, again, Galatians, sorry, go read. You basically already read the whole book. But Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. um, Calvin actually quoted this verse last week. Um, Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And as I'm just kind of looking over this verse and just kind of meditating over it, um, I felt like replacing led and walked by the Spirit with being led by God's love. And so let me just read this again, what's just replacing by the Spirit and the Spirit with God's love. But I say, walk in the love of God, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the love of God, and the love of God against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the love of God, you are not under the law. I don't know about you, but I, I have my own struggles with the flesh, and my own sins, and my own desires, and... I've been trying to white knuckle my way through into beating these things. And it, I don't know if, if, if you guys have, have found white knuckling works good for you. But for me, white knuckling, it does not work for me. I need God's strength. I need God's strength. We are at war against not the flesh, but the things we cannot see. And if we try to fight the things we cannot see with the flesh, it's, it's not going to work. Our weapons are not of the flesh. But when we fight with with the the tools, the the just the the things that God has for us, you know, when he, when the when the father is talking to the elder son, he says, "I have everything to give you." But he had no idea because he wasn't living close to the heart of the father. He wasn't living out in the love of God, and I think for us, a lot of us, we have no idea of God's power and this life that He's calling us to because we're trying to rely on our own works to get through this, to get through this life, to finish this race. And so coming back to like, what's next, you know, and somebody did tell me that just this past week, like, just, you gotta do something, you know, God revealed this to you and he's, he's, he's calling you to change, obviously, or else he wouldn't have revealed this. So it's like, what? I've I, I got to do something. And I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking God, like, what can I do without falling back into this cycle of trying to do it in my own strength and trying to do it in my own works? And uh, I came up with, with I, God came up, I guess, I didn't come up with this, but he, he kind of showed me just two things. Um, the first thing was to, to confess to another believer. To confess to another believer the hurt that you have, the sins that you've been struggling with, the emptiness that you've had. He says, confess to another believer. In James chapter 5, verse 16, um, he says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I don't know about you, but there's so much power in somebody just putting their arm around you and just praying over you. You know, not just texting you saying, hey, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> Like I got you. How can I be praying for you? I I got you, but actually, you no. Know, let's let's go get coffee or a, after service. Let's hey, what 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 have you been struggling with, and and putting your arm around them, and praying over them. In, in, in Galatians chapter six again. Galatians, um, Paul, uh, he 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 speaks about this, uh, and, and, and and verse one, he says, uh, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin. You who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourself or you may also be tempted. Watch yourself, you may also be tempted. He's saying you who are strong, you who are close to the heart of the father, go restore that person. Pray over that person with the strength that you have. Go and bless other people with that strength. Anoint that person with the anointing that God has over you. Pray over that person, but be careful that you don't fall into the cycle of works and thinking that it's you that's restoring this person. But walk in God's love, walk in His spirit, and pray in His spirit over that person, and they will be restored. I think this this past Sunday, Pastor John was talking about um, David and Jonathan, and when David was at his lowest, Jonathan restored his strength in the Lord, and that's what we're called to do: is to restore each other's strength. In the Lord, when we're empty, whatever you have that God has filled you with, go pour and fill that person up. Um, and the second thing is, is kind of simple. He said, uh, draw near to God. Draw near to God. Confess to others that you, you will experience healing when you confess to others. But ultimately, confessing to others is so that we can, our relationship with God can be restored. That we can be strengthened in the Lord. And James um, chapter 4, verses 6 through 10, um, it says, but he gives more grace, gives us more grace, talking of God. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. I talked about relying on your works, and, and there's two states. It's almost better to fall in the state of, I am broken. I am a failure. Because if we are holding on to our pride, we cannot enter the presence of God. He says right here, you have to humble yourself. And God will exalt you. And God will exalt you. You know, I imagine there's a lot of us here. I know me personally, we're all thinking about this, this next step. We're all young adults. We're thinking about what is this this next career. Um, I've already spoken with some of you guys. And we're like, this next season of life is completely unknown. Completely unknown. But we follow Paul's example, we will live a life dominated by the works of God. We will live a life for God's glory and in his glory and his works. We will. God, com- com- he started that work in you and he will complete it. I promise you that that is his word. His word is trustworthy. It, it, it endures. Whatever God speaks, it returns to him accomplishing what he spoke for it to happen. And so for those of you that are thinking, just what does this next season look like? I have no idea. Well, if we follow Paul's example, and Jesus did the same thing. If you look at Jesus, he was never in a hurry. He never worried about anything, but he did so much, and obviously he did so much, but he knew that first and foremost, he was God's son. He knew, first and foremost, he was God's son. And I think for all of us, maybe just a reminder or just a a good check for ourselves is, are we identifying as our identity in our works or as our identity as God's child? I think the the worship songs before tonight were just perfect. It says, God, when we're in God's presence, that shame goes away. There's nothing worth more than being in God's presence. And he desires that for us. Pastor John, this this past Sunday, he said, religion, or he said, going to church without a relationship with Jesus is just Religion. He says, worshiping and praying without a relationship with Jesus is just a ritual. He says, obeying the commands of God without a relationship with Jesus is just following rules. And I know I need help with my relationship with God. But God desires a, and you guys have heard this, God desires a relationship with us and not a religion. That's why he sent his son why he sent Jesus, is so that we could be in relationship with him and not fall into this religion of relying on our own works. He wants us to rely on his love for us, on his strength that moves through us. So I would encourage you, if you haven't done it in a while, spend that quiet time just drawing close to the presence of our Father. Jesus says, All who are thirsty, all of you who are thirsty, come come and drink from me. Come and drink from me. If you're thirsty, come and drink from me. Don't go to all these these broken cisterns, all these, these, these things that don't hold any water, but come to me and I'll give you living water. I'll give you living water. I'll restore your hope and you will not thirst. This water never runs dry. She said, you come to him, he has that living water. And if it's been so long, you don't even know where to start, please come reach out to somebody. Let us restore you. And I thank God for the people that he's placed in my life that restored me during this time. Yeah, it's God's, it's God's kindness that leads us to Repentance. Let me just pray. God, thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came, that your blood was shed so that we no longer have to live a life of works. We no longer have to live a life of works for validation because your blood you paid that price, you became that curse in our, you stepped in our place and you paid that price. Thank you for your body that was broken for us so that we can enter into your presence. Father, I just pray for, for, for all of us here, Lord, that are just that's just just empty. Holy Spirit, I pray that that you would just you would draw near, you come alongside us, you are our helper, that is what you do, you come alongside us, thank you. I ask that you just come alongside each and every one of us, that you just restore our hope, you'd restore our strength by pouring out our Father's love into us. Teach us how to follow you. Jesus is your name, we pray. Amen.